Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sharp Lessons Podcast presented by Stadium. We are Stadium Sports Betting Podcast. He's the Professor Nate Jacobson. I'm Ben Wittenstein. Nate, it uh, it almost feels like a completely new podcast as we start the fall. We're going into September. We got college football. We got NFL starting. We're excited. We're going to go to three days a week now instead of once a week, which we were doing throughout August. It's, um, you know, we've been going since May, but uh, it feels like a whole new podcast. We're ready to go. Yeah, it definitely does. A lot more focused on football now that college football actually has started. It's week one of college football, so it's kind of a, a good time to preview the actual games and not just kind of team outlooks. And then we'll also have NFL as preseason wrapped up last night. Everyone is idle this week, but then next Thursday we have the start of week one. And as the podcast goes on the next few weeks, it's just going to get more and more talking about games, breaking down what we learn from each game, how we can spin it forward, and kind of looking at some of the line moves early in the week, which usually are indicative of um, some important information that a betty, respected betting groups like and kind of share that and make what we think is uh, is making those moves and, and, and kind of just analyzing the market. Yeah, we're excited. And, and of course, you can follow everything we do at Stadium Bets on Twitter. Um, we'll be posting clips on Instagram, on Facebook. Anywhere that you can find Stadium, you'll be able to find the Sharp Lessons podcast. And, uh, Nate, we're going to hopefully win some people some money. And and hopefully you'll be able to show them the, uh, the sharp side of things. And I'll be able to show them the dumb square side and just betting with your gut. So it should be a lot of fun. I'm very excited. We got a lot of fun segments. Let's start out this week, and we'll try to do this every single Monday with the cover of the weekend. And we already have a cover of the weekend, and it comes from the great state of Illinois, a game that uh, a lot of people in Illinois couldn't bet on because of the gambling laws in Illinois. So hopefully uh, you were able to get some money out of this game uh, if you live outside of Illinois, and if you live in Illinois, maybe uh, some of the offshore accounts that you may have. But the over-under was 52 and a half. Nate, and it started at about 55, moved down by kickoff to 52 and a half. And that first half, watching that game, looked like it was going to be the classic Big Ten under. We had a punt safety, something I don't think I have ever seen. Um, and I think it was like 18 first half total points. And then the third quarter hit, team started scoring, looked like the over was going to be an easy hit with, uh, I think they had about 46 points. By the time the end of the third quarter hit. And then the fourth quarter was very little scoring. And it got to 52. And they missed an extra point towards the end of the game. And that was it. It ended at 52. So if you had the under 52 and a half, we had Sam on last week on Friday. He said he had the under 55. You were sweating that game out, uh, at least in the second half. Very unhappy, I'm sure, with the third quarter. But it ended up hitting. 
Yeah, you kind of described it perfectly. It looked like it was going to be one of those Big Ten, uh, you know, really low scoring, uh, cautious start to the game. Uh, usually you see that when it gets colder and the weather's cooler and it's just like a sleepy start at 11 a.m. local. This was a little bit later than 11 a.m., but, yeah, you're right on. It was 9-9, and then Nebraska, right before the first half, had that horrendous turnover that Illinois had turned yeah. into points. So it, it was kind of like those plays like that where the under looked like the right side, but then you have plays like that. And then I guess what really makes this the cover of the week, and it's the opposite, it's the positive spin on the bad beats that we always see and you see on Twitter and on TV shows now that sports betting can be talked about more. But Nebraska missing the two extra points, including the one on their last touchdown of just under three minutes ago that would have cut the game from eight to seven, put the game over 52 and a half at close. Uh, As you mentioned, Sam P gave that out Friday afternoon, 55. So if you had... 55, you weren't so worried about the, uh, the no. extra point attempt. But uh, it's, it kind of just shows always try to get the best of the number. Uh, it might not you know, apply in a lot of games, but if you're making bets over a long period of time, over a full season, there's going to be a, f- a few times when getting the best of the number is the difference between winning, losing, or pushing. And over 100 bets, th- those slim margins can be the difference between uh, turning a profit or breaking even or, or, or losing money. So definitely try to hit and, the best yeah. of the number. So that's the that's the lesson of the cover of the week, even though <laughs> every under number hit uh, because of the, the missed extra points uh, by Nebraska late in the game. And also goes to show you may want to hit these numbers early on in the week, right? You know, you know, you're not getting the best number sometimes right at kickoff and you know, the market is adjusted and they get all the bets right before then. So you're not getting the best number. And if you had 52 and a half, you were sweating it a little bit more. You were a little bit more stressed than you may have been if you had 55. So, you know, you just save yourself a little stress, at least for this game, but we are going to have uh hopefully multiple covers of the week each week. And hopefully it's on the bets that we make right here on the show. Uh, we also are going to do some biggest takeaways every week, um, especially from college football, some from the NFL. But the biggest takeaway this week, Nate, was UCLA beating Hawaii. Um, what was, the spread on that game was, was it 27 and a half? Was it, was it that high? Something like that? I think it was in the 20s. No, I think it only closed. It closed less than 20. I believe it was 19 and a half. But I think the takeaway is just UCLA kind of taking care of business and that they have this big game in week one against LSU in Pasadena. So they're staying in California and and don't have to travel. And they have a game under their belt, which helps. And entering Saturday, that look ahead line for for the week one game against LSU was LSU minus four. Uh, it got down to minus three on Saturday night because UCLA played well. They won and covered. But then the bigger story, I think, is with LSU having to evacuate Louisiana because of, of Hurricane Ida, Tropical Storm Ida, whatever. It's being categorized now and having to take a 10-hour bus ride to Houston, a trip that usually takes four hours. So they were stuck in a lot of traffic as a lot of people were leaving that area. Uh, the plan looks like that they're practicing in Houston all week. So that's just something to kind of keep in mind that LSU isn't going to have a, a normal week of preparation. And I, I hope, I, you know, this is not to try to like try to figure out ways to like exploit a, a th- thing that's happening 
in a part of the country and, and like try to exploit these things that happen with kids. But you always have to think about all the information at hand with handicapping a game. So I think I'm not sure if there's like a bet I would make right now in this game, but I could see this line going down if there's some worry that LSU is going to have just a really odd week of preparation, especially because they have new coordinators on both sides of the ball. And UCLA has a game under their belt. And UCLA, for a lot of teams, they're expected to maybe exceed some of the expectations that they have. And it's a big fourth year for for Chip Kelly's team. So just kind of a line I'm going to be closely monitoring throughout the week um, as that's kind of one of the better games late on Saturday night between LSU and UCLA. Tough, definitely tough for LSU. And it's, you know, we, we know the season they had last year and all of the criticisms that Eddie O, uh, Coach O had, had struggled with and the team's offense looked terrible. The defense looked worse and they come into this year and it seems like everyone's pretty positive and the team's looking like they may actually make an impact this year. And then they have to move practice facilities and get stuck in traffic and deal with everything that's being dealt with down there by New Orleans with the hurricane on top of playing their first game of the season in a pretty crucial year for Coach O. So, that is, I think, Nate, when you said you're not taking anything, I think that's a smart move for a game like this when you have, A, an unknown by itself in LSU, and then you also have the unknown with them having to move practice facilities and dealing with everything that has to be dealt with the hurricane. And then you have a UCLA team who, again, Chip, <laughs> I don't think he's on the hot seat. He's almost on the hot seat every year, pretty much, according to a lot of people, but I mean, this is a really a game with a lot of unknowns um, to it. And, and and you're right. It's important to look at things like these those outside factors when you're considering betting a game like that, because you may look at the line and say, well, LSU being minus three and a half, that seems like a no brainer. But you have to kind of look at these outside factors and, and see some of the things that are influencing those line moves that have brought it down to three and a half. Yeah, so we'll, we'll kind of top share. We'll talk about this Wednesday when we do a preview of all the big college football games. But yeah, that's my real takeaway this week, um, just because there was only five games involving FBS programs and not sure how much we can take away from some of the other games just because, I mean, who knows what I'm not going to we're not going to sit here and analyze Fresno State's win over UConn. <laughs> no, not, not no one needs so. to <laughs> So I think we can move on and talk about the uh, the biggest line, the line movements, Ben. Yeah. New segment opening bell. Biggest line movements from Sunday's openers for college football when they opened on Sunday. Friday's game, we'll start with that. Michigan State started at plus six against Northwestern. That has been bet down to plus three now, Nate. Uh, what, what does that make you think? It's at Northwestern. Northwestern three-point favorite at home. When you see a line movement like this, what are you thinking? Well, so th- this line move has happened throughout the summer. This wasn't just like a thing that's happened overnight or like a few weeks ago. In, in July, it was it was six for Northwestern, and it got down to three though last week. Uh, I'm looking at so last Monday it got bet down to minus three. So it's kind of been a, a slow line move over the last five weeks or six weeks. Um, Michigan State was bad last year, and I actually wrote about it in the article at Watch Stadium. Dot com on our, our roundtable we did Ben on Friday that saying like that was a game early in the week I would I'd consider betting on Michigan State although because the line has moved this far probably not going to end up playing it 
Uh, but it's just kind of curious that Michigan State, how bad they were last year, and Northwestern defending Big Ten West champions, uh, and, and Michigan State's taking all the money. Uh, Northwestern does lose a lot of a lot of per- returning production, so I think we're expect they're expected to have a down year. And Michigan State, just because their like, their year was so bad last year, just because, well, for many reasons, but Mel Tucker took the job very like right before COVID. And he got to Michigan late, so it was really a like a year, truly a year zero for Mel Tucker as he's trying to figure yeah. out what players he wants in his program. So I'd say that's a a justified line move, even though the the regular better might be like, oh, Northwestern only laying three former Big Ten West champs who stuck with Ohio State last year in that Big Ten title game against a Michigan State team that's really taken a turn. Uh, Northwestern is should be the obvious play, but I. I would be uh, I'd be cautious there, and um, at this point couldn't bet Michigan State at plus three when it was much better uh, not too long ago. But that's just kind of one of the line moves throughout the summer that I thought was interesting. Another one of those hit those lines early. Michigan State's been one of those teams. I don't want to say they're like the sexy pick, but they really have been kind of the under the radar pick that you see a lot of these sharps hitting, and I, and I think it's because what you said that. Year zero for Mel Tucker really didn't count. A lot of bad factors for that season for him. And it's a lot of people expect positive regression from them this season. He's got some key returning players and he's got his feet below him being the coach for a year. He's got that full off season with Michigan State. I just don't see Michigan State being as bad as they were. They're too good of a program. They have too much talent to be able to, to have that bad of a season again that they did last year. So, at this point, plus three, I'm with you. Don't love the number for really either team here, but if you can, if you got them at plus four, plus five, congrats. You hit them early, and, and I think you're going to be rewarded for that one. Kansas State, Nate, another game we want to look at. Plus yeah. one to minus two and a half. They got bet to, to favorites. Yeah, it was a flip of favorites. Stanford, Kansas State, which the game in Arlington, Texas, which in the past has always been a much better game where it's been like Alabama yeah. or – like Oregon-Auburn, I think, one year, which was a, a classic game. But early in the summer, Stanford opens minus one. Got that out, Kansas State minus two and a half. I know Stanford was a team we talked about on our Pac-12 preview podcast, about how they had hit one of the toughest schedules in the country, all 12 games against Power 5 teams. This is one of them. Uh, Kansas State uh, kind of getting some love on their win total over, from what I've kind of read, over five and a half, trying to get to that bowl game. Uh, so I can kind of see why that line move has moved where it has. If you're expecting Stanford, whose win total is at four, just not to be a t- typical David Shaw Stanford. Yes. Indiana, my Hoosiers, plus five, bet down to plus three and a half, rightly so, I should yeah. say, as they go to Iowa City, play Iowa. And, I mean, you talk about teams, and we talked about this with uh, with Felder as well, about uh, Indiana and people picking Indiana, and they're kind of one of those sexy picks as well where – you know, you're, you, the normal person probably doesn't see Indiana and say that's a team that can cover spreads or win games. But if you've been paying attention, they're building up the team. They, I think they were 6-1 and one against the spread last season. Um, they had a really good record against the spread. So I think betters are starting to realize that. And even though it's at Iowa, it's going to be a tough Indiana team. Um, I don't know which way I'm going to bet this game, but I guess a lot of people think IU can keep it close. So I was going to just come on here and make a case for Iowa because it was minus three this morning, and now there's some money on Iowa. So there's was early money on Indiana at five and a half, five, four and a half. 
got down to minus three, and now Iowa probably just took some sort of some sort of bet as I'm looking at the lines, and it looks like the total's being bet down to 45. So I'm sure this is another game we'll break down on Wednesday when we talk about bigger games. Uh, but now the line is probably right where it should be. I thought maybe at uh, minus three, Iowa would be the play, just because I'm a little bit down on Indiana. I think that there's a, a lot of negative regression indicators based on their magical season last year and them being a little bit overvalued. But still, they have the quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., a head coach that is greatly respected by the players and I think is gaining a lot of respect around the country based on what he did last year and, and winning at a, a school like Indiana. Uh, so kind of want to see where this line move goes, and I'm sure we'll have an update later this week. Yeah, Iowa at home is tough. I mean, Kinnick Stadium is a tough environment yeah. to, to play in, especially first game of the season uh, for Indiana. Sunday's game, Florida State. Start at plus 10 against Notre Dame. Bet down to plus 7.5. People are starting to like Florida State. I wonder if this is more people liking Florida State more or not trusting Notre Dame as much. I think it's a little bit of both, just because Notre Dame, do, they do lose a lot. Um, just from the team that they had last year, uh, Ian yeah. Book and and some players who were who were drafted, um, and then Florida State maybe some stability at the quarterback position with Mackenzie Milton, who was the former UCF quarterback and he suffered a very horrific injury in 2018 and now he's at Florida State, kind of Mike Norvell's handpicked transfer quarterback. So if he's if he's good. I think Florida State is definitely can stick around in this game, and I think that's probably one of the bigger reasons why the line has gone from plus 10 at the opener, which was back in in late July or mid-July, and now it's down to 7.5. I um, wonder if it gets down to 7. If it, if it does there, I could see some people coming back and playing Notre Dame at minus 7, just because Notre Dame's still the better better team. And even though this game's in Tallahassee, Florida State has – has really taken a downturn in, in terms of the national uh, perception. And I think this next thing we're going to do, I think we can even make this a, a complete segment in and of itself, but it's the attractive underdogs. <laughs> right? um, you have yeah. a couple of attractive underdogs. You're putting out little feelers, looking them from afar. What, uh, what are some attractive underdogs you're looking at this weekend? Sure. So there's been some line movement uh, throughout the summer on two big underdogs playing – power five teams on the road and and the similarity between these power five teams is it's uh arkansas and texas are are the teams that where money's coming against them and texas and arkansas play each other in week two in one of the bigger non-conference games um next weekend or to week two Uh, so maybe a little bit of a look ahead spot but I don't think you're, you know, it's week one so I don't know if you should really call it a look ahead but texas is hosting louisiana that line got bet up or bet down from Louisiana, formerly known as Louisiana Lafayette, plus 14 and a half. And now it's plus eight in Austin. Steve Sarkeesian's first year. Louisiana Oof. Tech, or sorry, Louisiana, just Louisiana, not Louisiana Tech, or Louisiana at Lafayette, I guess I'll say. There's too uh, many Louisianas is what you're they saying. Have, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. But they have a lot of returning production, a really good coach in Billy Napier. Steve Sarkeesian's first year at Texas, so who knows what we're going to see from his team. Um, I would have loved it if it was at 10. Louisiana plus 10 would have probably been a bet for me, but now at plus 8, probably going to stay away at least for now. And then Arkansas, 
They're playing Rice. Rice opened at one spot earlier in the summer, plus 24.5. Now it's plus 19.5. Arkansas is a team where I like their under-season uh, win total. They have a very tough schedule. I could see them winning this game, but I'm not sure if they're a good enough team to win by this many points. I know Rice isn't a good team, but um, I think the line move of five points is justified, knowing that Arkansas might not be might be a little bit overvalued, but also this potential look-ahead spot where they're hosting Texas. So that's going to be actually like a really big game for Sam Pittman's program as he enters his second season in Fayetteville. We'll keep an eye out on uh, these attractive underdogs throughout the week, Nate. I think that's a good idea. We just kind of monitor, see what they do, see if the line moves up or down in favor of those underdog teams. Because if you can hit them early on in the week and the line moves down, you may be in a really good position for something like that, especially in week one where, you know, every team has that confidence of being able to go 12-0. and So you may find, you know, a team like Rice against Arkansas, Put up, uh, put up a fight and lose by two touchdowns, and then they cover the 19 and a half. For sure. All right, new segment that we want to introduce, Market Watch, as we look at the Sunday line movement uh, for some of these Sunday openers. Um, taking a look at the market there, start with the Buccaneers. Minus six at the open. They got as high as minus nine and a half against the Cowboys, and now Dak Prescott is apparently supposed to be good for week one. Seems like he's healthy. We're coming to Dallas, so everyone's been batting back down to the Cowboys. So Tampa Bay now minus 7.5 right now as of this recording with the uh, positive Dak Prescott news looking like he probably is going to play week one. So if you like Tampa Bay, you're going to have to take that hook with 7.5 right now, even with Dak Prescott coming back being healthy. Yeah, so open six in the summer, I think, when all the lines came out, when the week one schedule came out. And there was just like a, a period where like there was uncertainty if Dak was going to be OK. I know he's coming back from the ankle injury, had some shoulder issues and there was some worries. He wasn't going to be able available for this game. So then the line got up out to Tampa nine and a half, as you mentioned, Ben, and then quickly went back down to seven and a half. So maybe there was just some like false information or, or some overreaction to some uncertain information. Um, seven and a half seems like. A number where I'm not going to, I don't think I could play either side, but Tampa Bay teasing them six points down to minus one and a half. I sure, I'm sure is going to be a popular way for people to play that game, especially because if you look at the board, there's a lot of seven, seven and a half, six and a half point favorites for the NFL on Sunday. So you tease the Bucks, tease them with something on Sunday. And even though you're going to have to wait about 72 hours to see if that bet's going to cash after the uh, Cowboys and Bucks finish up. Uh, I think it's a good way to have uh, your money tied up. Let's see what happens, and maybe it gets back down to seven once we get confirmation that Prescott it will play. The more people listen to this podcast, Nate, the more they're going to realize you love your good teasers. You love a good teaser spot, and and read your articles too about NFL. Yep, we'll have that uh, next week with the NFL article, and I'll definitely mention uh, the potential teaser legs and. Uh, that's definitely one of the best ways to attack the NFL because the lines are so sharp and tight and there's not usually a time when the the line is very wrong. Moving on to another market watch team. You want to look at the Washington football team back in May opened up as a favorite against the Chargers. And, and within 90 minutes, Nate, they flipped to the Chargers being the favorite at minus one and a half and it stayed the Chargers ever since. 
Yep, the, the Chargers are a fave right now. We're looking at minus one and a half. Uh, one of the games I remember like looking at right when the schedule came out for officially week one, they came out lines pretty soon after, more as like a marketing thing just to get people talking about the lines. And, and Washington was a favorite, and I was thinking – I could see the Chargers being a favorite just because at that time, the Chargers were kind of the team that a lot of people were talking up. They had a very good draft, hired a coach that a lot of people like, a lot of excitement for Justin Herbert's first full season as quarterback of the L.A. Chargers. So uh, not too much of a surprise that line flipped to Chargers minus one and a half, and it's kind of bounced between Chargers minus one, minus one and a half throughout the season. Uh, I could see when it comes to teasers with the Washington football team, teasing them up to seven and a half being a attractive leg for a lot of people, especially in a to- game with a total of 44 and a half, a low total wouldn't expect the chargers to win in a blowout fashion. Uh, but for me, I had to only be able to look at the chargers if I was betting aside, because uh, I'm higher on the chargers and they're on the road. So we don't have to worry about them being at home, but having a, a an away fan base uh, invade their building yeah. and, and the Washington football team, I think it might take a little bit for them to get going and uh, want to see a little bit of Ryan Fitzpatrick before backing them with my own money in a positive fashion. That Chargers minus 125 money line is looking uh, looking real good right now. Nate, that might be something I hit early on. Yeah. Uh, sticking with the market motif, Seahawks on the rise, Colts uh, on the down low looking like as yeah. they open up minus two and a half against the Seahawks. They went as high as minus three and a half now for the Seahawks. So they really flipped, it seems like, right? The Colts started as the favorite, and now the Seahawks are the favorite, obviously, with the Carson Wentz injury news that affected that. Um, But Carson Wentz practicing, looking relatively healthy, and so that line was bet back down to minus two and a half in favor of the Seahawks, um, even though he's still uncertain for week one. But Seahawks trending as a favorite right now. Yeah, and I just wanted to bring that up because it's one of the bigger line moves that we've seen in terms of what opened up in the summer and what it is now. And it it has mostly to do with the fact that Carson Wentz has had this foot surgery, but now he's practicing. So I'm not really sure. This line can go in many different directions based on if Wentz plays. But you also have to keep in mind Quinn Nelson also had that same foot surgery at the same time, the talented uh, offensive guard for the Colts. And then yesterday we learned about uh, T.Y. Hilton, the wide receiver. He is going to miss some time. Um, and even though he's not probably worth that much the point spread, it, it's still something where that whole offense just seems like discombobulated because of the injuries they've had in training camp and not being able to uh, gain any chemistry together. And, and when you have a new quarterback in Carson Wentz, that hurts. So uh, the Colts open as a favorite, probably rightly so, at home against a Seattle team where I have some questions about their defense and and how the uh, offense will be employed with a new offensive coordinator. Uh, But now Seattle kind of just flipped five points at some, at one point got out to minus three and a half when it really looked like Wentz wasn't going to play. And it would be Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger is the week one starter for the Colts. So let's just see where that line goes. uh, Cause I think it's going to go somewhere else before we kick off in week one, just based on if Wentz plays or not. Viking Bengals, Nate, started at minus two and a half, and I understand why that has now been bet up. Um, as as bad as the Vikings have been and, and probably could be, them being less than a field goal favorite against the Bengals seemed a little too low, 
I think the market adjusted to that, and so they're minus three and a half now uh, against the Bengals. And I know the Vikings lost my must-win preseason game, but this 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 line still looks really good to me for the Vikings. I think they're a bit of a better team than people might expect, as long as they can get through the whole COVID issues and the the interplayer politics with all of that. The Bengals just, you know, who knows where, where Joe Burrow is going to be week one. Uh, who knows what that team is is going to look like even with a fully healthy quarterback week one very young squad against the Vikings team that has a lot of veterans on it and a team that has been able to win games before like this and then they're looking for a good start to the season even though it's been bet to minus three and a half it, the, the Vikings are a good look for me right now yeah I think you hit that on the head Ben and uh just wanted to bring this game up just because even though it's a one point line move it goes through the key number of minus three so two and a half it's not just like a one-point line move. I mean, it is numbers-wise, but it's a little bit more important than that because it gets going through three just because a lot of NFL games end up being decided by a field goal. Um, I'm actually higher on the Vikings, I think, than at least you are, Ben, and, and maybe most people. And I know that they kind of had a disastrous training camp with everything going on, but I think they'll be fine for the season. And as you mentioned, I'm worried about uh, how Joe Burrow starts the season. So the Vikings are going to be a look for me. I hope it gets back down to minus three. Uh, definitely going to shop around and try to find that before before that game kicks off. But uh, I think it's a significant line move because it's going through um, the key number of three. Broncos minus one and a half to minus two and a half. After Teddy Bridgewater named the start of the market, seemed to love Teddy Bridgewater as the starter in Denver. Yeah, I don't know if it's a it's a love of Teddy, like a like of Teddy Bridgewater. He is a very good covering quarterback, but I also think it's maybe <laughs> hatred of Drew Locke. <laughs> I was exactly exactly some. I think with the the Broncos and starting Bridgewater, you're getting a, a safer floor. Like you're getting a yeah. guy who's not going to turn the ball over not going to put the uh, defense in bad field position. And Vic Fangio, a defensive-minded head coach, is always looking out for his defense, especially because some would say he's definitely on the hot seat this year. So I think Bridgewater is the better option for him to save his job. Um, and then maybe they go out and acquire a, a star quarterback uh, next year. Um, and and he maybe that could be the quarterback to try to lead him to uh, – to, you know, division, I don't know about division contention because of, you know, Mahomes in that division, but just like being just able to contend for potentially a Super Bowl. Now, don't think Teddy Bridgewater is that guy, but I think if you want to win regular season games, he's a good option. And that's a recent line move. Broncos minus one and a half at the Giants to minus two and a half. And with the way the Giants have played at this preseason and just questions about Daniel Jones and the like for Teddy Bridgewater by the betting market, I wouldn't be surprised if this gets up to minus three. So if you like Denver, maybe bet that before it gets up to minus three, even though they are on the road. One of the finally, Nate, one of the one of the bigger swings that we have seen all offseason was the Saints minus three as the favorite to the Packers minus three as the favorite. And of course, that was because the Aaron Rodgers news uh, as he came back and, and said he was going to come back, wasn't going to retire, wasn't going to go host Jeopardy. Um, and he reported a training camp and it looks like he's going to play. And so obviously betters are going to respond to that. And they really love the Packers against the Saints in week one. And honestly, Nate, I think one of the rules of this podcast should be if we're fading John Gruden, I think we have to fade Jameis Winston in pretty much every game that he plays. At least that's going to be a personal rule of mine. Okay. Um, but especially against Aaron Rodgers in the Packers with Aaron Rodgers 
you hate Aaron Rodgers with a chip on his shoulder because he is someone who will absolutely burn you. Um, so I, I love the Packers in this game. Love to fade Jameis Winston. Um, and it makes sense why this line movement was so big. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to get behind that fade Jameis Winston. I actually think he's okay. Um, I, I know I mentioned how I kind of wanted Taysom Hill to be named the starter so I could bet against the Saints. Uh, so if Taysom yeah. Hill was playing, I would be more – you know, willing to bet on the Packers and also have a bigger bet on the Saints under nine season win total. Uh, yeah, so that's just I mentioned it because the line move that happened right when Rodgers reported training camp at the same time Michael Thomas was going through that um, the injury. So that news made flip Green Bay to the favorite. Um, I did see, though, this morning that and, and like if you make a bet now, the bet might not even stand because. Sean Payton said something about maybe not being able to play that game in New Orleans in week one, even though it is 13 days away. So we might see a, a different line if they play on a neutral field or, or something. But um, I think we'll de- we'll definitely talk about this game next Wednesday for the before the NFL season, because uh, this is certainly going to make like, the big game preview ticket that we'll have on Wednesday. But just worth noting, there was that flip from Saints minus three to the Packers minus three because Aaron Rodgers is back and seemingly happy in Green Bay. That'll do it for Market Watch. We're excited because Wednesday night on Wednesday's show, we're going to be looking at futures, scheduling situations for the weekend for college football, which is always fun. You've got your hangover games, sandwich games that will be happening, look-ahead games that will be happening throughout the season. Um, and, of course, we'll be making some picks as well because it's Wednesday. You want to make those picks a little early on if you really like the line before they move um, on Saturday morning. But that'll do it for us today. We'll be back Wednesday. We'll be back Friday. we got three days a week now for the show throughout the fall and the winter. So you will uh, get sick of Nate and myself throughout the whole fall. But hopefully we'll be making some money, so you'll be uh, excited about that. But for now, we'll see you Wednesday. Good luck to everyone betting this week. 